Hi, everyone. Welcome to season two of Floater Founder. I'm your host, Samantha Lloyd, here with Liza and Casey. Hello, everyone. And today we have the absolute pleasure of talking to Colin Hennigar. He's the vice president of Major Gifts at Sick Kids Foundation. So thank you so, so much for being on the podcast today, Colin. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. We're really excited to get to talk about Sick Kids Foundation and Tech for Sick Kids and also the new podcast you guys have launched. So um, first, start us off. What is Sick Kids Foundation and what do you do there as VP of Major Gifts? Sure. So Sick Kids Foundation uh, is the fundraising arm of the Hospital for Sick Children. We are an independent entity, but we support the mission of Sick Kids, which is a healthier children, a better world. So we support uh, medical research, care and education across Toronto, of course, where Sick Kids is, but we also share our information and partner with peers across the country and around the world to build capacity. So one of our lines we use is where you live shouldn't determine if you live. And so we have a great mm-hmm. presence around the world, but as many people know and, and have been impacted by tickets in their backyard, which we're fortunate to have here in Toronto, uh, we raise well over $100 million a year to support SickKids and its efforts. That comes from a variety of means, which includes individuals, uh, monthly donations, annual donations, corporate donations, employee giving, events, et cetera, gifts to the states that benefit us. So we're very fortunate to have such a diverse portfolio of revenue streams now more than ever um, with what's going on around the world. Uh, myself, I've been at Sick Kids Foundation for 10 years, I'm now the vice president of Major Gifts, as you mentioned. So I manage an amazing team of individuals that actually work with individuals and family foundations on looking at their philanthropic plans and finding a great fit between SickKids' mission and what their philanthropic uh, vision and mission is themselves. That's really great. Yeah, that's really amazing. And uh, you, you might must be always in uh, fundraising mode, I guess. So, And, and a lot of uh, startups kind of go through the same uh, thing. Uh, other than have an amazing cause, which SickKids does, uh, do you have any other advice for people who are fundraising and how do you go about fundraising well, especially uh, right now? Yeah, that is a great comparison that you've just made. And I think the best advice I can give is the um, the importance of relationships. And, um, you know, when everything hit around March, we went into a bit of a stewardship role whereby it was not the right time to be asking for money. Um, it was not the right time to be starting new conversation. It was the time to say, we're here for you if you need us. Um, here's all the great things that are happening right now at Sick Kids of how your money is being used. And we found that that has gone a really long way in terms of we respect what people are going through. We value their relationship and engagement with us. And we let them come to us if they're willing to continue a conversation about uh, donating. Or if we feel that it is the right time to keep going, we will as well. But Back to that key messaging of the importance of relationships now, again, more than ever, that has been what is sustaining us and what will keep us hopefully successful over the years to come. Yeah, I love that. And have you found during this time that there's kind of an increase in um, volunteers and uh, people trying to give back in general and participate in their city? Absolutely. So uh, I know at all the hospitals, but especially sick kids, we've seen this great outpouring of um, gifts in kind, of personal protective equipment of donations to the hospital to buy food vouchers for medical leaders and staff. Um, People have just really risen to what's happening and want to give back and knowing that everyone has to stay away and uh, be socially responsible and where they are and what they're doing. Um, You know, we've set up as much or as many virtual opportunities to get involved, digital ways to give back, because that's just going to be the new way of doing things for the the foreseeable future. 
That's really great. I love hearing that. And especially hearing how I've seen Toronto rally around like the startup community and the tech community and to support each other. It's great to see um, that stretch beyond that as well. So that's really Yeah. And uh, it's really interesting that there's so many different ways that people are donating because there's a lot of people at different stages in their life right now. And uh, how would you recommend there are some ways that people give back? Uh, What are some of like the main ways if not if donating a lot of money is not something you can do? Yeah. And I'd I'd say, you know, getting involved in your community and what you can do for those beside you that you never know who might not have the resources you have. So able to give back locally and then, you know, those $1, $5, $10 monthly or annual donations add up very quickly. So even by going on the site of your favorite charity, Sick Kids Foundation, we have special funds that will support the highest priority needs of A, the hospital, but also our COVID-19 needs in terms of personal protective equipment that Sick Kids is buying or offsetting, you know, equipment purchases that we didn't have in budget, that we didn't think we need something like this might happen, that we, we knew that eventually something like this uh, might hit, uh, but all hospitals have been faced with buying new pieces of equipment that they weren't otherwise intending to buy perhaps this year. So there's a lot of costs that have been incurred. And so, as I mentioned, those five, 10, $15 adds up. I also encourage you to think, you know, around virtual events. We've had to see a lot of events that happened in person where people get together and raise money on behalf of charities have to stop for obvious reasons. But we have a lot of events that are thinking creatively about going online, about you know dressing up in gala outfits and coming together on a, on a platform to share the excitement and to continue to raise money. So I think the creativity that the community is showing and still wanting to give back and coming up with new ways to do it virtually is very inspiring. Yeah, I love it. I love hearing about all that. And those are some great ideas as well um, for how people can participate. And I'd really like to talk about how the tech industry has participated through uh, Tech for Sick Kids. So could you tell me a bit about what that initiative is, when it began, and how it's grown? Yeah, sure. So I, I think many of you listening and, and yourselves will know Jody Kovitz. Jody is the founder of the amazing Move the Dial movement. Um, and her uh, daughter was treated at Sick Kids years ago. She tells that story so well and the impact that that had on her. And when we were launching our $1.3 billion campaign for sick kids, which is really going to help us rebuild a brand new hospital, both physically and and programmatically, um, we were looking at new sectors that we could engage. And everyone thinks of, you know, the real estate sector, the developer sector, others that, you know, are very generous to organizations around the city and across the country. We had felt that no one had really talked to the tech sector as philanthropists. Um, You know, you made the great comparison at the beginning that, you know, the fundraising is, is the same in both sides of the street. You know, uh, founders and entrepreneurs are looking for funding to get their ideas going. And in the way we are as well at the hospital, and we thought, are there ways to share lessons and learn from each other um, and also to engage the tech sector differently on how to give back? So we had a bit of a brainstorm, Jody and I. We thought of some key influencers across the community who I can speak about in a moment who could rally around this and lend their support to sick kids. The key was really people who had a connection to sick kids or wanted to see transformational change in child health. And so what we did is we put a bit of a strategy together around engaging individuals, often those who had sold companies or have left companies or where they uh, had done very well uh, in a company. The second area was how do we engage all the employees at these companies? Uh, We have a great employee engagement program at Sick Kids. We were able to raise million dollars a year from people doing jars in their office to drives um, to Jeans Day, where a dollar is donated to sick kids every Friday from everyone who wears jeans. And then the third area was really partnering with the Upside Foundation of Canada, which has been an amazing partner 
where we have found a bit of a groove on how to work with, uh, with each other. They are not to promote any charity and specifically, but we are more than happy to promote the Upside Foundation of Canada because we look at it as someone almost giving back, almost like in their will. Uh, you don't know when something's going to happen. You don't know how much you might have, but the intention is there to give back and the interest and passion is there to be dedicated to the organization. So we put a goal of $25 million over the next seven years when we launched in 2017 at Mars. Um, we've raised just under $4 million by a hair, and we have nearly 50 Upside Foundation of Canada commitments from founders from across Canada. Yeah, that's so exciting. And the Upside Foundation, just for anyone who doesn't know, um, basically it allows you to pledge 1% of your company um, towards a charitable cause. You don't have to choose that charitable cause immediately. It can be at your exit or IPO. Um, but that's the idea is that you stay at the beginning of uh, running your company, that this is kind of a value that you have that you want to give to X number of charities or one specific charity. And um, you make those plans for when your future is really exciting. That's right. And we've been very fortunate. We received our first upside uh, commitment um, about two years ago when a, a company was sold. And it was a really amazing day, I think, for both the Upside Foundation of Canada and for SickKids Foundation, a new way of you know, looking at engaging with philanthropists, um, a new vehicle to do so. And really, we've seen the impact of that donation already. That's really exciting. Yeah, that's that's really good to hear. Uh, you, you've really built a really great community. Uh, what advice do you have for other people that are trying to build and nurture their, uh, their own community for their needs? Um, so I, again, go back to that relationship building. And I think this case for support has to be strong. And you see this in the tech world and entrepreneurial world as well. But if you don't have a great case for support, you really don't have a great story to tell. And so I think taking the time to build the why and the what and really focus on what's your vision for the impact. I teach a course at George Brown around fundraising, and you almost have to ask yourself why five times in order to understand what is the direct impact that idea or that donation is going to have um, at your organization, because we're finding more and more that donors want to know exactly where their funds are supporting, and then to hear about the progress of that either research project or equipment that was purchased or learning opportunity for one of our medical staff that was offered. Mm -hmm. And how do you keep, um, I guess, donors updated on where their funds have gone and how, what kind of impact they've made? Yeah, that is a great question. So we have a, a benefits matrix, uh, you could call it, whereby depending on the level of donation that you uh, donate to sick kids, there's a certain amount of uh, reporting that you'll receive back. Uh, but you mentioned at the beginning that we have just launched a new podcast. You can visit it at sickkidsfoundation.com forward slash podcast, where we're focusing on priorities of the hospital where funding is required and also where funding and philanthropy has played a key role in driving that research or care forward. So we just released an amazing one around our nursing training program in Ghana, which was a partnership between the government of Ghana, the government of Canada, and philanthropists across Toronto. What that did, it was trained 1,500 pediatric nurses in the country of Ghana. And as of seven years ago, they had no trained pediatric nurses. So back to that where you live should determine if you live. This plays a key role in uh, building capacities in countries around the world, such as in nursing expertise. And the week before that, we um, uh, released one around deep brain stimulation. And one of our researchers, Dr. Ibrahim, and the work he's doing with kids with epilepsy and really changing their lives and their families' lives of uh, using deep brain stimulation as a new way of treating and, and managing epilepsy. So these are very short podcasts. Uh, we've tried to gain 
lessons from the best podcasts out there, such as yours, how long they should be, the interactions between the experts and the interviewers. Um, and we've received really great feedback from our donors so far that, especially during now when we can't you know, meet with them, introduce them to the doctor they're supporting, we can send these great podcasts that they can then share with others, and hopefully inspire others to give as well. I love that. And it sounds like the content's really interesting. You've got like a, a variation of stories um, in it. And I also love seeing um, the Sick Kids podcast on the front of Apple's uh, yeah. homepage for podcasts. It's so exciting to see that. Um, so how did Sick Kids start the podcast? What was kind of the inspiration behind that? And um, where do you see it growing? Yeah, so one of our core values at Sick Kids Foundation, which in many companies is the same, is innovation. And um, we are constantly trying to stay above in terms of what's next, both in the philanthropy sector, but what we can learn from the for-profit sector. So when we start to think of donor experience, we start to look at Starbucks, we start to look at Indigo, we start to look at other great you know, international brands that know their donors the best. And something we thought of was how do we start sharing more of our stories in a way that people are more and more listening to them or accepting them in a way. And we do our, our regular annual impact reports, which are written letters or reports about the impact, but the podcast just bring up more to life. You're hearing directly from the beneficiary of the donation. You're hearing about the progress of the uh, project. And you're also you know, feeding into some inspiring questions to really dig into what was the issue? What was your plan and did you achieve it? So I think the sky's the limit on where we can go. I think the idea is to really build out this amazing library of content that we can draw upon for the next few years to share with donors, depending on what they're interested in, and also to keep refreshing it as more and more discoveries and advances are made. Yeah, that's great. It's a great content opportunity for yeah, sure. It sounds amazing. And it seems like you have a lot of experience in how technology is actually moving forward human health. So where do you kind of like see the, the merging of the two heading and, and how, how will technology impact health more and more in the future? So I think, and I'm definitely not a medical expert, so I'm just kind of reporting on what I'm seeing from the philanthropic side and what we're learning, especially at this time, but virtual care is, is really taking off. And, you know, we have some great members of our Tech for Sick Kids Advisory Council, such as Daniel Warner of Medicine and Brett Belches of Maple. And they both offer these virtual care platforms and the investments that the government's making in this area, I think is really showing how the tides are turning in the delivery of healthcare. That is not to say that we will not see hospitals or clinics or hospital offices anymore, but definitely a new way of, of looking at care. And then the other side of it is you know, the role of AI and machine learning and understanding the data that we have, not only at SickKids, but across the province and country, and even internationally as we share more and more, you know, how are we able to predict um, what a child may face in the future or a family may face in the future around a disease or a virus. So, you know, in our cardiac diagnostic imaging unit in our heart center, we are actually able to predict when a child will have a heart attack within five to 15 minutes by using AI and the data that we've collected. Uh, in the emergency room, we have new projects around estimating the flow of patients so that we know how many staff to be on call at the right time within hours. We can call in when we're going to see a rush of, or we feel we're going to see a rush of patients. We're also looking at sepsis in children, and we're able to predict as soon as they arrive at the emergency room if sepsis might be an issue, all through the use of AI. So there's this great and you know promising, even you know further transformational role that AI and technology is going to play in the diagnostics and treatment of our patients. I love that. Um, I mean, we're obviously biased to uh, AI, but it's exciting to see it being used already and. Uh 
kind of seeing that there's going to be a really big future impact for it and that it'll save lives. Absolutely. And that is really one of the focuses of um, Tech for Sick is to really build out our artificial intelligence platform. Um, the gifts that we've been receiving have gone towards building that. So we have been able to um, appoint a chair in biomedical informatics and artificial intelligence, the new Varma family chair, uh, entirely donated through philanthropy and held by Dr. Anna Goldenberg at SickKids. Um, we have funded an ethics fellow in AI. Uh, we funded summer students from the surrounding universities around artificial intelligence at SickKids. So the money is being put to use already and really driving the advancement of these projects and overall data platform for the hospital. That's really cool. That's so exciting to hear. Yeah, it's amazing. And you were talking earlier how you were teaching a, a fundraising course. Can you uh, talk a little bit to uh, for, for anybody listening what are the best ways to approach someone for fundraising at different levels of, of um, if you, how well you know them? So if you've never met them before or someone who are you, you're well acquainted with, how do you approach someone for funding at different levels? So I think, you know, when you look at the, uh, our monthly and annual donors, uh, really the connection to the cause is the passion for the cause and the connection to the hospital and what it does or whether you know someone so often those people, when they see the, the content and that emotional connection, they, they will be inspired to give. When you look for the major gift donor uh, uh, who I work with and my team works with, and that is around the course that I teach around George Brown, um, really you want to make that connection, whether it's through volunteers or advocates uh, on your board or your campaign cabinet. So on our campaign cabinet, Jody, as I mentioned, sits on it, as well as Salim Tasia, our co-chair of Tech for Sick Kids from Radical Ventures. They um, will approach their peers on behalf of us and really open that door. And often when a peer sees another peer um, involved in something and passionate about it, they'll want to get involved too. And then my role as the fundraiser and their support is to work with the, the donor, the prospect, and the volunteer on how do we make that connection? How do we look for all the tax advantageous vehicles that they can use to make that donation? And really understand what is that impact that they want to have at the organization. Um, discovery calls are always scary, as I'm sure they are for the community as well. When you don't know the person, you're making a pitch. And I just go back to, you know, building that relationship, getting them involved in your organization, um, inviting them to events, building out that case for support and being crystal clear on why you need that money. And then I call it the fundraiser gut. And you really know when you should make that ask. The ultimate compliment for a fundraiser is when the donor turns around and says, I'm ready to do something now. Let's talk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that can apply, I'm sure, for any nonprofit and also for startups. Absolutely. And so you're talking about your job today. So I was wondering, what was your very first job and what did you kind of take away from that job that you still apply to your role? Wow. So I went right from university. I did a master's in museum studies, uh, which is one of those ones you rarely hear of. Um, and I, I was working at the ROM and I was at the ROM for nearly 10 years. I started in the programs department, volunteering at Summer Club and Saturday Morning Club, and then in the textile and costume department doing their photo documentations. And then I was hired by the ROM Foundation, which is now the ROM Governor's Department, uh, when they were raising money for the Michael Leach and Christo extension. And I think what I learned there, um, and you know, there are very many similarities between raising money for the arts and healthcare, is the connection to the donors, uh, the passion that they have for the organization that you should never, never underestimate, um, and the willingness of people to support you if they're asked. And I think my advice for any especially major gift fundraiser is you have to ask. Um, it's one thing that, you know, you build the relationships, you go for coffees, 
Um, you invite them to events, which is all great to build that relationship. But if you're not willing to ask, you're not doing your job. And that can be the scariest part of the job, but it's also the most gratifying. I also tell my students not to take it personally, if you want to know. There's so much happening in a donor's life when you make that ask that it might just be a really bad day or something might have come up with their finances or their family, uh, but to hope that you can continue that conversation. So uh, it's a bit of a cheesy phrase, but you grow from the no um, and don't take no as, the, as kind of the final answer. Okay. Yeah, I love that. That's great advice. Awesome. So can you tell us something about yourself that's not on your LinkedIn page? Wow. Um, so I love to travel. Uh, last year, my wife and our then, I think, six-month-old daughter uh, rented uh, Airbnb in Italy uh, for a month because we just wanted to have her experience it for us to get away. And we invited our friends and family over. But um, I've had the travel bug in me since I was little. My parents would take me abroad. Um, and my wife is a huge traveler as well. So we're trying to instill that in our daughter too. Yeah, that's great. Love traveling. Miss it. <laughs> Miss it a lot. Absolutely. We keep talking about what our first trip is going to be. And the list keeps growing when everything uh, evens out. Yeah, <laughs> Cross-Canada trip is going to be our I first yeah, one. For a yeah, lot of people. yeah, it's a great way to explore your own country, right? Yeah, exactly. A great excuse to, yeah. to finally do it. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing the podcast with us today. We learned so much about Sick Kids Foundation and how you guys report to your donors and um, where you give back within your foundation. And so that was really cool. So thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. And please reach out anytime and visit sickkidsfoundation.com for all the ways that you can get involved. Definitely. And that goes out to our listeners as well. If you're interested in getting involved or if you run a startup and you'd like to pledge, um, or if you're just interested in uh, coming up with a partnership for volunteers, anything, then you know where to go. And um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. it. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Floater Founder every week. We look forward to bringing you more content from more amazing people at our city. Until next time. <laughs>